Welcome to Give Him Hell Brigham. Jeff, it's another week. There's been all sorts of, it's been a wild week and a long week. It's already Thursday. This week has gone by super fast for me. I don't know if it has for you, but it has not. Oh, well, it's gone fast for me. A lot of that is because I had some uh, prior priors to take care of. And so I didn't work yesterday and which is why we're delayed um, in recording this week. But I, I, I'm feeling the PPP train is slowing down. I know you guys have already. Uh, we, you yeah, have, we're done. You're done. We The program was extended, but they did not add any more funds to the program. So it's not actually going to be extended. So if you are trying to get a PPP loan, you should hurry up and get on that. Uh, come talk to us at Lendio if you need help with that. But the um, it's it's winding down. We have, I don't know, did you see very many like fraudulent applications? We saw, so applications, yes, we saw a ton. Yeah. Um, we funded several. I mean, I can think of a handful, a couple handfuls off the top of my head, and I'm not involved in that aspect of it. Uh, there were some really, really good ones, actually, that uh, there was a fraud ring that we stopped all of them. This is, you're getting me into like my like nerdy stuff that I really love here with this question. But it was all the documents by themselves, right? Everything was like fine. Everything checked out as you'd pull any sort of like LexisNexis stuff. Everything matched um, all of their financials. Everything looked great. It was one of our like a low level representative that she, I can't even remember what the number was, but it was a number on one of the tax forms, like a, a some number I'd never even heard of, some weird acronym name like a BACA or something number some number I didn't even know what it was and she's like I've seen that number before it had nothing to do with like the criteria of what like we were looking for in the loan but she was like I keep seeing that number and so we built queries to look at this specific form and pull in all of the whatever these weird tax forms were that had that specific number and there were like 25 of them and when you put all 25 of them side by side by side by side, it's like, oh crap, a lot of this data matches. Oh crap, all 25 of these are fraud. By themselves, nobody would have ever caught it. Like they were the most sophisticated and well put together fraudulent bank applications that I have ever seen in my life. Yeah, and this and one person that just had some weird, that number looks familiar, caught 25 of them. Was like, a couple, I don't know, three and a half million bucks. That's great. We had a couple where it's uh, like, you know, so part of it is they have to submit for verification, like a picture of themselves next to a photo ID. Yep. And, you know, it's like, obviously there's always fraudulent attempts for everything related to banking, especially if it's like, oh, here's a program where if you meet these certain criteria, it's going to be forgiven. So you're not going to have to like, you know, pay it back. It's like All extra. Right. Oh, okay. Um, but we were trying to like we noted this picture and i thought that it was like a guy and it was had a picture of like a passport and it was someone holding the passport and then they had taken the picture that was on the passport like cut like traced around that and blown it up and put it over some of the person's face that was holding it to try to make it look like the same thing and it's like so bad but i yes it's ppp is coming to an end and i think i saw today that it was I think like uh, 40 something percent of U.S. adults over the age of 18 have gotten at least one shot and couple that with however many have already had COVID. And I think 
I know we are. I think we're, we're out of the wood. We're, we're out of the woods here, and we are. I I'm ready I feel... to declare it done and over, just because it's. <laughs> I mean, we're a few weeks away from everyone having their shot, and it's. I don't think obviously it's not going to be a magic vaccine. That's going to whatever. It's probably going to be like the flu, where it's like there's a new variant every year, but you tweak the vaccine or you pick a couple. You make a vaccine that can do a couple things, and it's going to be a new thing. Like you get your flu shot, you get your COVID shot once a year and that handles and you know knocks out a good portion of it and we move on with our lives and then there's the unfortunate I, I cases so. where you get a really bad case i hope so i have had i did have my second shot this week i'm so bill bill gates is tracking me now officially and uh depending on what q on theory you subscribe to i might be sterile so those two things are happening but you know, whatever. If it means that I can walk into a football game this September to watch BYU and Arizona play in Las Vegas, I'll be sterile if that's what it takes. Sterilize me. I don't really want any more kids anyways. And Bill Gates, if you want to track me right down to the seat that I'm sitting in, I'm on board as long as I'm inside that stadium. That's I'm right there with you. I'm maybe not about the sterile part, but everything else in there, which I did read today that uh, tickets are going on sale to Cougar Club members next week. And Join the Cougar Club. And Cougar Club members next and um, Wildcat Club members next week. And then um, all PSL. Um, so everyone who has a personal seat license too. So what, I don't know if maybe people know this. You don't buy season tickets to an NFL team. You buy a season ticket to every single event at an NFL stadium right. and then with a few add-on events like this. And so they will make it available to the personal seat license holders at Allegiant Stadium next week, which there's 50,000 of those. And then they, um, and then on the 20th is when it opens to the public. And so there'll be whatever's left over and then plus the, you know, here or there, like, you know, whatever people said, no, we don't want to go to this one resell it for us um so those should be going will, up we got to figure it will out be interesting to see how many of those raider fans i mean presumably a lot of those like seat license holders are probably businesses and casinos and things yeah. like that but it is labor day weekend in las vegas i'm interested to see how many non-byu and non-arizona fans show up to this game because i mean that's the whole draw of las vegas right like it's a destination for more than just the raiders and it feels like after the void of not being able to attend live sporting events, that there could be a pretty big appetite for a game like this. So I'm very curious to see what ticket availability really looks like here in the next few weeks. Yeah, it's, I'm, I got to figure out, you know, it's always hard with these like away games and you have like different groups and it's like oh it's like much friends want to go or like you know this are gonna go whatever and especially with arizona it will probably you know i'll end up going with my family because my brother went to the university of arizona um then went on his mission and then transferred to byu my father-in-law and one of my sisters-in-law are graduates of the university of arizona uh had my wife not gone to byu she probably she would have gone to school in tucson so it's like you know my whole half my in-laws are all that's where our cousins went to school my in-laws are all big u of a fans and so it'll be you know kind of a big reunion of sorts going down there but i'm just i'm ready for normalcy and hey man i'm ready for normalcy and i we i did try 
bring back quarantine kitchen, I did try something that was not normal that we discussed two weeks ago, the Buffalo chicken stir fry. And it was a flop. I'm sorry, Sam, the cooking guy, you let me down. And I think part of it was, well, I don't, maybe like measurements. Cause he never gives like actual measurements in any of his videos. Right. He's just like, you know, so you're kind of eyeballing it, which is whatever. But in this video, he did go like a full bottle of like Frank's red hot with a full bottle, like stick of butter, whatever, just like, which is normal, like Buffalo sauce, like Buffalo sauce is hot sauce and butter. That's all it is. And so I made it and I did everything that he said, but it was like, so soupy drenched in the hot sauce. What I should have done was marinate the chicken in some sauce longer, cook the chicken and then like coat it like you would wings and then do the rest of it. And so the chicken was like coated and maybe like, you know, thickened the sauce a little bit. So it would have stuck a little better, whatever. Yeah, and something. then it would have been a lot. And I think that would have been much better because just tossing the sauce in the chicken. And I did, so I did carrots and celery and then the noodles um, and then the chicken and the sauce. And it was like, it was like eating Buffalo wing sauce soup. See, and his isn't that like saucy. So yeah. So that's why I was kind of like, I don't know. He must've had like twice as many noodles, but I like, I mean, I did as much. He He only did celery. I did celery and carrots. We used to the same brand of Udon noodles. And I started to put the same package of noodles in. I don't know what, no, I, maybe weird. he had grabbed a different size jar and I didn't notice. And so I had twice as much sauce or something, but yeah. I think it could still be good. There's potential, but that was the first quarantine kitchen flop that I've ever had. Yeah. That's a bummer. That's a bummer because that seemed like such a good idea to me. I'm going to try it and I'm going to learn from your mistakes and see if I can pull it off. Maybe I'll do it this week. I don't know. Um, hot take cannon. I'm loading it up, and there are a couple of, of really things that I am sticking into the hot take cannon. The first one is an unfortunate announcement. It's an unfortunate, fortunate announcement is what it is. The Give Em Hell Brigham magazine, we've been putting together content. We have been uh, finding advertisers. We've been doing all sorts of things to prepare Yes. For the magazine. We were speaking with designers. We were were. looking at printing companies. We were. There's a lot of things that go into making a magazine. And we were more than willing to do it. Um, I don't know if it's COVID related. I don't know what exactly it is, but the suppliers, not the supplier, what do you call them? The printer, the printer that we have chosen, it's just, it's not going to happen. Like, we'll just we'll leave it at that. We're not going to go into any more details than that because, frankly, I don't understand it. It doesn't really matter. It might have just been a business. I, I don't know what it is. But it's not going to happen. So the Give Em Hell Brigham magazine is, unfortunately, dead. However. This is a very big however. A very big however. And we don't have all the details, but we're working on them. So we can't really delve into... Uh, exactly what this is going to look like. This is what we call in the biz a tease. We are working on something bigger and better than the magazine. Something that we are going to be able to incorporate a lot of the work, a lot of the ideas, a lot of the uh, a lot of the things that we had in place for the magazine that will be able to be implemented, used, and consumed by you, our listeners, our our friends, our whoever. 
and it will be able to concern be consumed in perpetuity like this will yes. be an ongoing thing so and very excited about it yes and it really came down to with the cost of printing and all the hoops and things that we're going to go through the relative cost we could instead of making a one-time magazine have an ongoing scalable solution yeah that was both that was scalable and replicable and awesomeable, readable, mm. more easyable to you know all the all the ables. It's got we've got all the ables covered here, and it's and I'm excited. We've you know started talking on it about it, uh, having more kind of serious discussions about it, talking to a few um, other partners, as it were to get things kind of fleshed out and get things going with that. And I think it's, it's going to be something that is fun and overall across both like the podcast, everything, you know, else that we are doing with on 24 seven and all, uh, I guess all of the content that comes out of you and me together between the two of us, it's going to be bigger and better. It will be. It'll be bigger and better. I'm very excited about it. I'm sad that the magazine isn't going to happen. And maybe it will in the future. It still could. Uh, it's not going to happen right now. It's not a total loss, however. I did still book a fishing trip. So pretty, pretty pumped about that. I did, and maybe we can talk about this on the show in a couple of weeks. I did fully write out a presidential campaign platform for us. That's true. We have a bunch of actually pretty decent articles. One of the articles that was going to be in the in the magazine was about my favorite conspiracy theories that have helped me get through lockdowns. And one of those is that Keanu Reeves is immortal. And if you go throughout history, there's actually a website dedicated to this called KeanuIsImmortal.com, I think. There's a lot of uh, historical figures throughout the last centuries multiple different centuries and eras of time where there are prominent figures who look really, really similar to Keanu Reeves. And it starts with Charlemagne. I'm looking at the website now. Yeah. I mean, this goes way back. And when you look at Keanu himself, I mean, even the Keanu Reeves that we know from like the Matrix in 1998, 1990, whenever that was, and Keanu Reeves that's John Wick today, there's not a lot of difference. Like, he might be immortal. And I, you know, believe it or not, I don't care if you believe it. There's there's some compelling evidence that people do believe it. And uh, that was entertaining for me. But that's not what my second rendition of the hot take cannon, the second item that I was loading into the hot take cannon was. Here is my second item. BYU announced that they will, and really Tom Homo announced, New Skin announced, that new video boards are going into Lavelle Edwards Stadium with accompanied with a new sound system. It will be fully funded by New Skin. None of the funds, presumably, that I can, from what Tom Homo said and what we can gather. This is similar none, to what we talked about during the coaching carousel season about how coaching search, yeah. like buyout money, is different than athletic director money because New Skin said, hey, we want to pay for a video board. Well, we want this. We don't want that. We want to pay for a video board. Okay, right. I guess we're getting a new video board then. Thank you. Yep, yep. And and here is my hot take. I don't care. I don't care. 
I know that video boards are like the big craze, you know, like it, it, they were, they obviously existed before Jerry world down there in Dallas, but that was like the first like mega video board. That was like this crazy 80 yard long replay thing. And they're everywhere now and, and colleges have them and they need them. And it certainly makes things better, but here is my take. The replay board does nothing to drastically change my game day experience. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I'm sure people will disagree with me. I'm a hundred percent sure. Yeah, I'm. I don't really think it's it does. a. It's a nice to have. Like, sure, if I want to see a closer look of the replay, I look up and I can watch it on the bigger, better, higher definition screen. Yes, great. But it does not drastically make my game day experience better it just doesn't i don't care that much in fact i think that there is a especially in basketball like they put the new video boards in the marriott center but i think that there is a reasonable argument to be made that the video board actually decreases the value of being at the game because in football it's a little bit different because in football, uh, it typically isn't running during the play. But like in basketball, it kind of is. Like, like a, a jazz game, for example. And I find myself kind of getting caught up in watching the video board more than actually watching what is to be taking place on the field or on the court. Because it is a better picture. It's closer. It's easy. You know, it's whatever. It's all right. the reasons. So if you're in the upper bowl at a basketball game, you can't see. Oh, jam. it's a nightmare. And and even frankly, if you're like up in the upper section of the end zones at, at, at Lavelle Edwards stadium, it kind of sucks. Like there's no question about it. Uh, and that's why people choose to stay home because you can get a 75 inch TV nowadays for like 800 bucks. And it's like, you're on the field with these players. So you put these big giant mega video boards inside the stadium. And I think we have a tendency as people to watch those a little bit more closely than we do the game on the field. So that's my hot take is that the video boards, while I think it will be great, it will look cool. It certainly makes the like BYU football look more modern, more official, like a bigger deal uh, because you got to have these kinds of things. And I think it's great. I'm appreciative of new skin. If I'm new skin, it makes perfect sense because how many times does the PA announcer refer to the new skin video board? It happens all game long. Oh, did, so it makes that's are they gonna keep doing the stupid light the Y thing? That's that's got it. I know in the afternoon when it just sort of barely changes shades of white. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that they will. And so appreciative of new skin, appreciative of, uh, I mean, the new video boards, I am in no way saying that it's not good. It's good, but it doesn't do anything to add to the game day experience. And I think that my hot take is that it actually takes away from it. I can see that. So that's my hot take for the week. I could see, I. It's, sometimes it's like, it is a little... I mean, it can be loud. It's the ribbon is the thing that takes it away is the ribbon. Like, especially at night, some of the advertisers, like I remember like they used to have, it was vivid, the bright orange, like it made it hard yeah. to watch kind of hurt your eyes. So that can be annoying, but I don't, I don't think that that is that, I think that's like a, and it's not a hot take. I think more of a hot take would be um, 
saying, and I kind of agree with, you know, Zach Haken said this, everyone's like, wants to like fill in the corners or do this or that, whatever. It's like, well, one, we can't like the board is huge comparatively, right? Like, so the old board was like 55 by 60 and the oh, new one massive. is and the new one is 80 by 130. And that is the original, it's the size that they wanted to put in originally, but then there were some issues with like Provo City Council and like getting approval and people around the stadium complaining and there are structural engineering questions. And I think the way the stadium is designed now from talking to a friend of mine who is an engineer, he was like, I doubt they could fit a bigger board unless like there's technology changes that make screens lighter, like, this is about capped at what like the board is going to be. And it's huge. Like it's whatever, like it's going to be plenty big on both sides. But I think if anything, they need to do something, it would be cut seating down and make a more like get rid of all the seat, like get seat backs everywhere, no benches, like everything has a folding chair and have like make it a more premium game day experience because the era of cramming fans into the stand just that ain't it anymore it isn't and it and should so, be and so if we got to move on from that um but i would say that is my hot take related to game day is agreeing with zach hicken that it's just cut uh, just cut seating across the board to make it more enjoyable for those that do come um it kind of sounded like your hot take was just agreeing with Zach kicking. Like you paused a little bit after you're like, my hot take is agreeing with Zach kicking. <laughs> on. Yes. And it's like, well, yeah, you well, know, I he mean, did get kicked out of the media world. I mean, I know you didn't Zach, you left voluntarily, but where we can make things up on this show because we're not real. And you know, it kind of, maybe you got I mean, kicked out and the hot take is that, Hey, if you agree with Zach, it's a hot take. He's not even, Zach's not even American. He doesn't have rights here. So he doesn't, he doesn't even have an U S passport. So it's whatever he doesn't, no. <laughs> you know, there it's we go. the, these Canadians taking over our country. Um, but <laughs> we, we do also want to take a break. Um, and before we get in, which we do have a great interview, which we're going to play here for a second, um, that you did with the McKenzie twins. Um, that we wanted to give a shout out to Bryn Campbell. Bryn is a former Hellion of the Week, and we haven't done the Hellion of the Week for a while. We the nominations kind of slowed on that. So start. Yeah, I'm, s- not, I'm not blaming us for that. No, I'm blaming no. y'all. Yeah, we did not get the we did not get the nominations required to keep that keep that going. So y'all need to either start finding people or start doing better stuff so we can yes. do it. But Bryn, we she was our Hellion of the one of our very first. She may have been the first actually. Hellion of the week. And uh, we nominated her because she, real one. she was playing, you know, she's always been big into dance. Her dance studio shut down because of COVID. And so she, there was a girls tackle football league that started. So she ended up doing that and won the championship. Um, and she hurt her foot a couple of weeks ago. And then she actually, she had surgery this morning and had a she ended up having a Liz Frank injury so that's something that BYU fans should be well familiar with is plagued our program not in a so while weird. not since Taysom but there was a stretch where Troy, there Troy Warner oh yes this was actually, a Liz Frank. yeah and that was a year after Taysom or two years wow. after so yeah. um so she is in recovery and it does not like she will not be able to dance or play football, obviously for the next year or so. So that's a very tough break for her. Um, I saw that was posted that uh, Drew Jensen recorded a video and sent it to her, um, giving her a shout out. You know, he's also someone who's battled injuries throughout his BYU career. So get better Bryn and 
you know, Liz Frank is a jerk. I don't know. Like she just needs to go away. She's awful. Dude, I didn't even know that that was a part of your body until Taysom Hill. And now it feels like it's popping up all the time. Yeah. Well, I remember back in like the Max Hall era, there were a ton of injuries. And then they were like, the thing was like, they blamed or Bronco said he thought it was the cleats. Like Nike changed their cleats and they said, thought like that the plate on the bottom of the cleat was too hard and it wasn't flexible enough. And it was like the conspiracy theory was around whatever shoe Nike was giving was causing all of the foot problems, Mm. supposedly. I don't know if that's true or not, but that was what the thing was back in the day. Um, So we are going to get to our interview now with the McKinsey brothers and um, I wasn't able, since I was busy yesterday, I wasn't able to hop on when you recorded this. So it was just you and them, but it was a great interview. You talked about the recruiting. You kind of talked about, you know, the, I think the sibling rivalry gets amped up a notch when it's twins. Um, talked about the yeah. dad a little bit. So we're going to cut over to that interview right now. Okay. Joining us now uh, on the Give Them Hell Brigham podcast, not one McKenzie, but absolute Pineview High School legends is what they are. I mean, like revolutionizing the game of football in St. George. I don't know how many people have watched football in St. George, but I've watched enough to know over the years, there's just not a lot of speed in St. George. Like it's, it's guys are a little bit slower. There's been some studs, right? Like Peyton mm-hmm. went to Dixie, but like Wilgar's not fast. Like there's not speed. The McKenzie's have speed. How are you guys doing tonight? <laughs> doing great. Don't get awesome. Um, speaking of speed, first question I have. So I have a list of questions I want to go through with you guys tonight. Uh, your dad was fast. Your dad was a legend at BYU. How does it feel to be the son of a legend? Like, do you do you talk to him and you're just like, oh my gosh, dad, 1996 was so long ago, nobody cares. Or like, what what is it like? Um, what's awesome about it is that he doesn't really brag too much about how legendary he was. The, the first time I really figured out how legendary, I guess, he was and how fast and, you know, what he really uh, did for that team is their reunion. They had a team reunion when Lavelle was still uh, alive. And we were able to go there and meet all those, uh, his teammates and everything. And it was just, uh, I don't know, I got to see some of my dad's highlights. I've never seen any of his highlights before. Seriously, never shows highlights? No, No, like we had to dig up the VHS tapes and find his highlight film. (laughs) Yeah. And we we watched it and I was like, dang. Man, if I I had something like your dad has, like anything, if I was as good at anything as he was at football, I'd put it on billboards, man. Everybody I knew would know all about it. I can't believe he doesn't show you guys that. Uh, That's awesome. Huge shoes to fill. Uh, and I said it, we said it, speed is the name, was the name of his game. You guys are both fast. I, I've gone on Twitter and said that I think you two are going to be like two of probably the best athletes ever, if not the two best athletes ever to come out of Utah. That's big pressure, right? Mm-hmm. Us on your, like your measurables. How tall are you? How fast are you? I know it's track season, so you guys are getting times and stuff like that. Where, do you, where are you guys at? Uh, right now I'm a little taller than Marcus, I think, you know, maybe by like an inch or so. I don't know, but we're, we're both, uh, six foot, uh, 170, you know, kind of lighter though for the, for the track season, you know, losing a lot of weight, running a whole bunch, but time-wise, you know, we're just cutting it down, uh, in the hundred meter. Mark's ran a PR. I, yeah. I ran a 10, five in the hundred. And then my PR in the 200 is a 21 to two, which is an indoor record. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's incredible. And a 10-500, what were you at, Dom? What's your 100? Uh, my PR right now is a 10-6-5, but then my uh, 200 outdoor record in the state right now is uh, 21-3-3. Yeah, so. Okay. Okay. So, so Marcus, you got him a little bit on the 100. But, uh, I mean, I, I saw you shaking your head when he was like, yeah, you know, he's a little bit taller than you. You don't buy that, do you? Well, we debate a lot, you know. It's just he thinks he's taller. I'll be faster, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that works. I don't know if you guys – you guys are too young probably. Have you ever seen the movie The Social Network? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I wouldn't expect you to. Anyway, it, it, there's – it's about Facebook. This is weird, but it's about Facebook. Mm -hmm. Mark Zuckerberg, right? Like he steals the idea for Facebook from the Winklevoss twins. There's a part in the movie where the Winklevoss twins are like super upset. They want to go and like hire the Sopranos to like take care of Zuckerberg, right? They're super mad. Mm -hmm. These guys were on the crew team. So they're rowers at like Harvard or wherever they were at. And they're just these monster human beings. They're like 6'5", 225, <laughs> these big dudes. And one of them says, he's like, hey, we don't need to hire the Sopranos. I'm 6'5", 225 pounds, and there's two of me. And I, that's kind of what I think of when I think of you guys. Like, you're not 6'5", 225, but it's like, you're identical. <laughs> you play the same way. It, it, does it feel good when you walk onto the football field? Like, one of you would be a problem, and there's two of you. And it's like, geez, <laughs> about this. Yeah. Uh, I think it's great. You know, it's a great feeling to know that people are afraid of you, but you know, you always have that mentality, you know, stay humble and don't get too full of yourself. Exactly. So then you don't get shown up, you know, come ready to play, but it's always good. To, you know, like you, you're always watching your brother's back exactly. around the game. So he's this year, uh, is going to be a lot better because we'll both be defensive side and offensive side more. That's so awesome. definitely, uh, mm -hmm. use that to our advantage. So you guys have both, Marcus, you've played pretty much mostly defense, right? And, and then yes. play mostly offense. So now you're both, have you played on either side of the ball? Like, have you guys, mm -hmm. put, like, I'm assuming you've played defense and offense, but, but this is the first time you've done it, like, in games? Or what do you, what do you mean? Yeah, like, so our state game, um, our wide receiver senior wasn't able to play because of COVID. Okay. So I had to step in and I, and I played and I did really well, but then – yeah, that's the only game the whole season where I was like playing offense. Gotcha. The whole time and 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 defense, but um. Okay. Like I'm able to play both ways. It's, sure. It's, I feel comfortable playing both ways. Gotcha. And Dom, kind of same story for you, but the opposite. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Do you guys line up against each other in practice? Like, is that something the coaches make you do? Yes. Well, yeah. Last year they did it a lot because I was mostly playing defense. But right now, at the moment, we're just working on offense. So we're both on the ball, just okay. making the defense hate everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that they do. Uh, you two, man, you two seem really competitive. Like, you guys seem like really good friends. Obviously, you're brothers, but you seem really close. You seem really competitive. It's a lot of fun. I have a list of just a few questions. I just want to see, right? Like, rapid fire, quick questions. Which one of you is the better dresser? Oh, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I definitely, I don't, it's just me. I don't worry too much about what okay. I'm wearing. I'll just throw whatever on, but he likes to style up sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What about, what about in the classroom? Who's the better student? Me. Oh, I'm, I'm the better student. No, that's not true. Yes, it is. Because I take harder classes right now, but I guess. You take one harder class. I take, well, the classes he's taking right now, I guess it's some of our competitive ability here. Uh, 
he I already took the classes he's taking, so he's kind of behind. No, even, no, 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 School is a pretty big deal, though. You guys are both really good students, right? I mean, like, yes. uh, I guess I saw tonight Cal offered. I know mm -hmm. that you've had some offers from these, like, high prestige academic schools. Both of you are really good students. Academics are a big part of all of this, right? Yeah, my mom is the one that has made sure that since we were younger, she she's kept us to it, which is I'm, I'm grateful for that. Yeah, I mean, somebody's got to do it because you wouldn't do it on your own, right? <laughs> Probably, definitely not. Probably not. All right, all right. Back to these rapid fire questions. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe neither of you is the answer on this one. Better singer? Uh, no, we're no. not singers. Uh, we, have found, we have found the Mackenzie's weak spot right there. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah, we missed there that came up. My mom does have a a little bit of a singing gift, but I feel like we inherited our dad's singing gifts and he can't sing and we can't sing. <laughs> there <so>. you go. <laughs> uh, okay, better in the weight room? Me, I'll tell you that. Well, I'll tell you that. We compete so much. I feel like he can lift more. Which is so I win. I, I guess. <laughs> I win. So I win. Well, there you go. Um, I mean, that, that seems pretty cut and dry to me. Right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> if he lifts more, like that's the answer, right? Yeah, yeah I guess so. <laughs> Uh, the, uh, two more of these, uh, and, and you guys already kind of answered this, but I'm curious if you guys are running a race, just like a straight, like on the track, right? But there's no rules. Like you can fight a little bit. You can push a little bit, whatever you got to do just to get to the finish line first, who gets to the finish line first. So I get to the finish line because he's just too far behind. No. It would actually. I'm already done, and I'll just get his water for him when he finishes. So I don't have to really do anything. I just get a start, and he'll just catch up. If with there was me. no rules, I don't know. I think I would win, honestly. There's no you way. Know, there's, you know, if we're wearing spikes, you know, I could probably spike him or something. You, you couldn't even reach me. I'm too back, far ahead. For, for, no, for the right distance, off the back, I don't know if you're that tall. You can't you know, like reach that. Run right into his lane, anything like that. Yeah. I mean, you could run I mean, it's behind. It's a fair game. Yeah, you go in my lane. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. we might have to test that out we'll see i kind of want to see this get tested out i know i'm going to be down in st george when, when football season comes up and like obviously we don't want to get injured during the season or anything but when i come to a pine view game i i we got to find a way to make this happen somehow yeah, yeah definitely we'll be in pads so it's it's probably one of the things that i would assume college coaches care about the most right like they're probably yeah. like okay definitely. They're fast, they're good students, whatever, but who wins in like a fight race? I think that's an <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Uh, so you guys are both blowing up on the recruiting trail. The question that I get when, when, I, when people ask me about you two, the question I get more than anything is, are you guys a package deal? Like where one of you goes, you both go. Have you, have you thought about that? Would you play at different schools? Do you want to go to the same school? How, how do you feel about all that? The, the goal is to try to get to the same school, you know. Uh, we'd love playing with each other, but it's not uh, – I have to. Yeah, but it's, it's definitely wanted, you know. Like, it would be really nice. I think better for our parents, you know, not having to go to different games. But yeah. it's not like we have to be at the same school type of deal. But it would be awesome if we, if we like, could. Like a rivalry school. That would be cool. That would be cool. So. <laughs> okay. That would be kind of fun. Uh, but, so what's this process like, man? Like the, the recruiting process. So I don't know if you could tell by looking at me, but I'm not like a real pristine athlete, right? Like I, I wasn't very good at really anything and that's okay. 
But people like me who didn't get to go through the college recruiting process, like Road to Glory on NCAA was the closest we ever got. <laughs> the process like, like, is it stressful? Is there, has there been stuff that's been like unexpected that you didn't, you didn't see coming? How, how does it all work? So the main thing for me, it's just super grateful. Like all this, it seems like it's happening fast and all these people are reaching out and it's a great opportunity and it's really amazing. But it's just, I think a, a trial for me is just remembering to like stay focused, you know? It's like, you have to remember what got you there. And just cause you're getting offers and stuff, like you just gotta just keep going with it. But to be honest, it's, a, it's an awesome experience and it's, it's fun getting to know different people. And I can't wait to go and visit like on campus and stuff and get to see the different areas. Cause that would be even, even better. Yeah, for sure. Dom, what do you I mean, kind of the same idea. Yeah. Same idea there. Uh, it's just, it's, uh, in some cases it, it may seem overwhelming, you know, schoolwork, you know, trying to keep up with everything, but like Marcus said, uh, can you stay humble and stuff like that? But, uh, it's a lot of fun. You know, it's cool. At first you're kind of like, people tell me this, you know, that I'm fast or I'm this or that, but I really don't know if like college is like me and I, I don't know, you're kind of like nervous at first, but then after you, you gain more and more confidence. So I feel like the best feeling is, uh, is the, the confidence building over people saying that you could be good. You could be great. You know, you just keep working. We could do a lot of with a lot with you and stuff like that. You know, it's a great confidence builder throughout the process when playing sports. Uh, all you want to do is like, you know, strive to be the best at uh, what you're doing. Yeah, so yeah, that recruiting process really helps with that. That's awesome. I know when I was in when I was in high school, and it's been you know forever. We won't talk how long ago that was. But there was a <laughs> there was a guy on my team who was being recruited by. Uh, I mean, there were some bigger like Oregon. There were some bigger schools. I don't think he ever got offered or anything like that. But I knew that we made fun of him a ton, right? Like any mistake he ever made, it was like, okay, Oregon, like what, <laughs> like that. Like, do you feel like that kind of pressure from your teammates or anything? Like, are they just, they're supportive, want to see you guys rake in as many offers as you can? Yeah, they're super supportive. And it's awesome to have that environment, especially at our school. Around our area, you know, Pineview is like different than other schools. It's, it's like people are really supportive and it feels like there's a spot for everyone. It does, you know, there's always that competitive mindset, but um, there's just a lot of support, which is amazing. Yeah, awesome. there's always those times, you know, uh, you know, when I first heard about like the Oregon offer and things like that. They were all supporting me and they were all there. It was after like tracks that we were all running and they're really happy. But, you know, like once in a while, they try to like say something funny or this and that. It's, it's all in the good oh, team. team but it's all yeah. good. That's yeah. awesome. Because I, I was a little malicious with it. Like I resisted <laughs> that dude for getting recruited. It, it bothered me. A uh, couple more questions before we let you go. Really appreciate you guys both jumping on with us today. Have you guys made any sort of like a specific list? I asked this question. So like Jimmer Fredette back at BYU, like he had this list. It became like this big, crazy story, but he had this list of all the things that he was looking for in a college and this letter to himself about how he was going to get to the NBA, blah, blah, blah. Have you guys done anything like that? Like, do you have a list of exactly what it is you're looking for that, that you're striving to find in, in all of these colleges that are after you? There's a lot of different things, but um, like the main ideas that I would want out of a college is like a really um, down to earth, like type of coaching. Mm -hmm. And then also on the academic side, a really well uh, based like engineering program and computer science program is what I'm really looking forward to. And, and lots of opportunities and connections through internships. Okay. 
So like when you have to hang up the pads and you're done, you have like, you're able to have those connections and have jobs. That's what I'm really looking for. But I also want to like play football and get to know and build relationships with the people I'm playing with. Sure. That's what I'm Dom, looking for. Dom, is, what, what, what's your list? Yeah, along with that, you know, life after college is really important. Uh, you know, always looking for that. But, you know, want to have the best experience in college, you know, play, uh, play my heart out and, you know, get my shot. And, you know, if I'm at that level, you know, uh, try to get there and play, you know, in the professional league, NFL, you know, that's always the goal. Um, but also be able to be ready for that, maybe that moment to hang up the pads, even if it's not a long, you know, uh, time in playing, you know, you still have something to go back on. Maybe you didn't make enough money, but you have uh, uh, that type of uh, something to fall back on. Yeah, support, things like that after. So a job that could sustain a, a family and things after that. You know, that's a big deal. And that's, you know, uh, you guys, we, I've talked with both of you guys a little bit, you know, over the last few months. Uh, and one thing that's always just stood out is just how mature you guys are and like how you handle yourselves. Like you, I, I talked, I've probably talked to thousands of recruits in my, in my life. Right. And I think that's maybe the first time Marcus that I've heard anybody say, well, one of the biggest things I'm looking for is like a mechanical engineering program. Like nobody says that. Right. And <laughs> just kind of shows like how mature you guys are. In fact, I sent a message to your dad. I don't know if you guys know this, but just like, blown away with uh, the way you guys conduct yourselves, the way you hold yourselves. It's incredible. And I, I had to let him know that several weeks ago because it is like you guys, you, you don't seem like 17 year old kids who are the best athletes in the state. Like you, you guys are different and it's cool. Thank you. Uh, real quick. Like I say, last couple of things, you know, we got to ask you about BYU. Like this is a BYU show. Your mm -hmm. dad is a BYU legend. I know BYU wants you guys. I've had conversations with people. I know that you're you're right up there on that list, but man, like everybody wants you guys. Mm -hmm. What's it like? Who do you talk to with BYU? How do they stack up with some of these other schools who are recruiting you? Kind of a rundown of, of where BYU is at. Uh, well, BYU, you know, it's just, it's an awesome program and, and how they take care of the athletes. You know, I've talked to different people, especially, um, is it Wilson? Zach, you know, Zach Wilson's dad, yeah. we actually played with a seven on seven with his, uh, younger his younger brother. Okay. And, and uh, we got to know the, their the family. He's kid. got a couple, the quarterback, that younger. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no, there's, there's a, there's a younger one and there's one in the middle. That's like a slot receiver. Yeah. Our age. Our there's age. so many of them, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, okay. but yeah, we gotta, we gotta meet their family and he's telling us about BYU and, and so are the coaches that reach now and, just the, the thing that's different about BYU is just the culture that they have there. And, and uh, I think that's amazing. And with all they have, and I'm super excited to visit and get to meet people and everything. So, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And going along with that, uh, just how they uh, treat their players, you know, maybe in some cases, you know, we had to kind of uh, up that recruiting process, try to get more contact with them. But, you know, uh, great examples, you know, from uh, Wilson family of uh they showed us a picture of a coach holding one of the players babies you know just a really good connection you know with the players uh, at a team dinner too so they're they're engaged and they want to uh you know build those relationships with their yeah. players yeah that's awesome they're good man i know that those coaches i mean whatever happens on the football side of things those are those are good men right that they really care about their players for sure uh, decision timeline you guys thought about at all when you want to wrap this thing up I mean do you want to play it out wait day, do a hat thing at your high school or what are, what are you guys thinking 
Well, I feel like that's always been a cool thing, you know. That would, be, that would pick a hat, but you know, you don't really know right now. But uh, for probably a date around probably like the beginning of summer, and if not, uh, I guess before the football season, anything before the football season starts. So probably wait it out a little bit or earlier. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it could be anywhere right now, but we're narrowing down pretty soon. The thing so. that we're really looking for is being able to like visit different campuses in person yeah. and get to see those places. So once we get to do that, it'll be a lot. Like you, we'll be able to tell more what we're really looking for and everything. Mm-hmm. And first visible, use, man. In yeah. June. So in after June. June. As soon as that period's after... over, you're getting out. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. COVID sucks, man. Like it, I it, know. It's, it's, it's been hard. recruiting apart. I feel so bad for the the last year's recruiting class. That they didn't get yeah. it. It's brutal. So mm-hmm. glad you guys are going to get out. Uh, glad to hear BYU's in the mix. Obviously, our listeners are going to really, really like to hear that. Uh, appreciate you guys hopping on today. Uh, of course. Thank you. Fun. Um, where can people find you on like Twitter, Instagram, anything like that? Like, I mean, it's weird, but give us a shout out with your handle. Where, uh, where can they find you? So on Twitter, I always forget my username because it's a little different, but it should just be. Um, so it's at nine. Number, the number nine, Marcus McKenzie, just lowercase, and that's mine. And then on Instagram, let's see here. I'm not on social media. That, well, well, I kind of am, but anyways. <laughs> my my uh, Instagram is Marcus MCK, like McEasy. So like M-C-K-E-A-Z-Y. So it's just a little play on words, but yeah, that's just where yeah. my stuff's at. Really. And then my tags are, I just have a look at it. I think so Instagram is Dominique X McKenzie. So I use it as a space right there. So Dominique, D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-X-M-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E, Mark McKenzie. So, and then Twitter is a little different, but uh, I, think I, have I think it's Dom. So Dom underscore M-C-K-E-N-Z. So Dom McKenzie. Awesome. Yeah. All of these guys on social media. And notifications after they're getting the offers every day i mean it's a little mm-hmm. bit ridiculous and there was one day i think marcus i think you got like i don't know if you just posted them all in one day this is a few weeks ago a few months mm-hmm. ago but there was like two or three that went out in one day and it was like, my gosh they just stop already <laughs> so, it's, a, it's a lot of fun like uh mm-hmm. follow these guys check them out make sure that you stay in touch with where they're going whether by you or not it's going to be some great college football players, uh, great representatives of Pineview High School, the McKenzie family. Thank you guys for joining us. Appreciate yep. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay. So that was our interview. I mean, you heard it. We heard it. What were your, like, kind of, what's your initial thoughts of kind of what were your thoughts as you were going through the interview with them? I... I, I talk to a lot of recruits. These guys, man, they they just kind of pop off the page, right? Like they are, they don't conduct themselves like you would expect a 16-year-old to conduct yourself. Like Marcus, he, you know, when, when we ask, when I ask them, uh, what are some of the things that, that matter the most when you're when you're looking for your potential college? I ask that question to most recruits. I think most recruits have, are asked that question by reporters and it's, you know, everybody says academics, right? Like they have to, but that's where they leave it. But he was like uber specific. And the very first thing he said, mechanical engineering program. Like it was just like, 
it didn't feel fake like it does with other kids. Right. They just conduct themselves in a way. Well, and a lot that, of kids don't even think about that. They're like, oh yeah, I want a good education, but they're not like specifically thinking of like, there's this program and I am judging schools based on this major. Right. No, the, the, the way that they conduct themselves is, is really impressive. Um, it also really stood out that Brian McKenzie, that they had never seen him play until they went to the 96 team reunion, which would have been what? When, when was that? They, they did the reunion at 20 years, so 2016. Yeah, it was right after Kalani got hired. And so that was like the first time that they had seen highlights. That was the most play. bizarre thing to me. Yeah. Not that uh, I expect Brian McKenzie to be like, hey, I was good. Everybody pay attention to me. Like, no. But if I, and I said this in the interview, but if I was as good at Brian McKenzie, if I was as good at anything as Brian McKenzie was at football while playing at BYU, everybody I knew would know about it. Like anything, pick anything. If I was as good at cooking, everybody I know would know about it. Like I'm not anywhere near as good at cooking. And I think a lot of people that I know, know about my cooking. And so for him to be humble, and, and kind of just like, he still loves BYU, right? Like he's still great. Like there's nothing ill with the relationship there. And he's just like not proud of his BYU days. That's not it. He just is a humble guy. So that was shocking to me. Um, I really enjoy I thought it was a fun interview. Those kids are fun. They're fun to talk to, fun to get to know. I, I've talked to them, you know, text messages and whatever, just interviews over the course of several months now. So we have a little bit of a relationship. Um, they're blowing up. The, the other thing that really is going to be interesting, and, and you heard Dom, Dom kind of mentioned it in the middle, that there was a point that it felt like they had to push BYU for communication. And That's gonna, I know that, I, I'm sure there are probably a lot of people listening that were very like, oh, come on. Yeah. Yep. As, and, and so we've got to talk about that. And so here it is from BYU standpoint. Okay, well, let's start with the McKenzie brothers. Uh, anytime you're not being recruited as hard by school A as you are school B, that's going to be frustrating and annoying, uh, especially these guys being local kids, LDS kids, going on missions, son of a, a former player, uh, a former player who played with Kalani. Like, there's a lot of connections to the program. And for BYU to kind of be slow off the, off the starting line, is frustrating. Now, BYU wasn't slow. They were one of the first to offer. I think they were the first to offer. It was either them or Utah State. They both did it at about the same time. Um, so they weren't slow in that sense. But there were once other schools started to get involved, they got involved like harder, I guess. They, yeah. they started to recruit them harder, faster. They were, uh, were making up for lost time. Yeah. Yep. yep. And that's a good way to put it. And so BYU kind of, you know, fell. It is what it is. Uh, from BYU standpoint, uh, the Cougars, like St. George, Dix, like the whole Dixie area in general, it just hasn't really been a hotbed for recruiting. Like it just hasn't. Uh, Vegas is great, right? And, and you can go as far south as Payson, you know, Tempe, Provo schools. But like that St. George, Cedar City area, there just hasn't been a ton of talent. So BYU had coaches who were assigned to that area, but it hadn't been a, a huge recruiting area. And now when the McKenzie brothers start to come up and it, it becomes clear that these guys are legit and they are legit, uh, BYU 
sends their regular guys down there but it was like steve clark ed lamb that is who had that area and that was just a little bit of a funny relationship not that it was a funny relationship but they were not at all going to be the position coaches of where the mckenzie brothers are going to play so byu started to reshuffle the the coaching assignments just to better align their targets with their coaches who would be their coaches where the relationship would pay off the most coincidentally these guys are a cornerback and a wide receiver so byu sent their two best recruiters is who it was right i mean it was Gennaro guilford and fessy satake who are now going to be the primary recruiters for the for the mckenzie brothers uh once that got taken care of and officially put into place and we kind of had an idea of what was going on with dead periods and whatever else the NCA had done with, with COVID. Uh, BYU's picked up the recruiting. They're hearing from BYU a ton now. Everything is back up to full speed. They're, they're doing the right things now. So there's some context to that comment that they had to push BYU for communication that's still frustrating. I mean, in no way are we trying to excuse BYU here, but some context I think helps. These are kids that BYU has to get. Like these are the types of athletes that BYU does not get. This is, you you heard their track times, 10-5, you know, 10-6. Yeah, these is, are 16-year-olds, man. Like they're still juniors running 10-5s. Yes. That's faster than, well, I don't even know. That's like, I mean, that's faster than Michael Davis was like a 10-8 guy. So they're, oh, yeah. you know, I, I think they faster. would immediately be, I think they're fast. Like Luke Andrada gets, everybody keeps looking for Luke Andrada because of how fast he was. I think he was like mid 10 sixes. This is, I I think they would immediately become top three fastest players, if not the the top two. Yeah. It's legit speed. They they call it Florida speed because Brian McKenzie came from Florida before he went to, I think he went to a Juco in Arizona and then transferred up to BYU. Uh, and to them, they got they have Florida speed, and yeah, you watch the SEC play. That's what it is. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to think. There's nobody on the team like that is else is that fast. And it's just there. I, I don't think there's anybody close right now. Watch, watching them play. <laughs> if you get a chance to watch Pine View play. Uh, whether you have to go to St. George or when one of the few times that they come up North, go watch them play because it's silly. It's silly to watch these guys run against Utah defensive backs, like safeties. When they're playing Pine view safeties will line up like 30 yards off the ball because it's so easy for Dom and Marcus to just run straight go routes and get past everybody. Yeah. So Luca Andrada ran a 10, six, seven as a senior. And as a yep. junior, he ran a 10 7 1. So, the, and that's like, that was like their time as like a sophomore. So, uh, let me see if I can find Michael Davis. Where is he from? Glendale High School? He was so, California somewhere. Uh, let me see if I can find his. Um, um, or even, let's, I guess we can look up what was Puka's. Puka ran track occasionally. He did. That is true. Uh, yes, Puka's PR was an 11 flat. And Puka's fast, man. Yeah. And here's and, the other kicker. This isn't about the McKenzie's, but kind of. So Dom and Marcus, both 10-5, 10-6 guys. 
Cody Hagen is another BYU target, 10-7. Like, there's legit speed at the wide receiver position. We have talked about this on the show that, man, I wish that we Mormons would stop producing so many freaking tight ends. Like, why are we not? Receiver here or there. Yeah, like, why are we not birthing some wide receivers in our in our beloved religion? Well, here they are. We've got a 10-5, a 10-6, and a 10-7. We just had to wait till the class of 2022. They're here, and they're coming. And BYU needs to get all of them. Yes. Um, Michael Davis ran a 10-5-9 was his okay. PR at high school. And that was, a, I'm assuming, his senior year. That's the yes. other thing. Yep. Dom and Marcus have room to grow. Like, they're still only 16. And yeah, they're the young side of juniors. And I'm excited. I, they, I, in terms of the big board right now of who is on the table and uncommitted, it's they are 1A and 1B, and they are the top priority for the staff, and I'm I'm confident. I, I mean, at least getting one of them, it's, you know, they mentioned that they're not necessarily a package deal, um, and it's, on the one hand, it'd be always, you know, it's like, oh, you think like, oh, it'd be fun, like similar to the Romneys, right? Like, oh, it's like fun to play together, whatever, with your brother, but have that experience, like, you know, like the Romneys or the, you know, Nakua's or the Tuipalotu's, whatever. But I think it's a little different when you're a twin, just because you've always been paired together. That it's I could totally understand. Like I just I want to go be me. Like I don't mm-hmm. want to be the McKenzie twins. I want to be Dom or I want to be Marcus. Right, right. But yep. it'll be interesting to see what happens. And I mean, you've posted updates on them constantly over on Cougar Sports Insider. So come join us if you have not yet. Um, yeah, but was, I got a, I got interview. a little I got a man crush on on the McKenzie boys. Like they are two of my favorite players that I've ever covered. Like they're fast. They're just different than what comes out of the state of Utah, the way that they are, man, they just, they seem, and you can kind of feel it in that interview. They just feel like BYU guys. So yes, come over to Cougar sports insider. Always have updates on where we're at with, with recruiting um, specifically of those two, but really everybody um, just fun, fun kids, fun interview. There's another kid who is being interviewed, I, who I talked to just this past week, actually. Victory Vaca. Victory Vaca is one of the most interesting stories. And I, oh, this is a hard one for me, Garrett, because I, you know, my policy when it comes to recruits, like I will give the, the recruit every benefit of the doubt, right? I... Every one of them. I can say it because I do not have the same policy as you. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, here we are then. The victory vodka, he kind of, he was great. Dominant as a freshman and a sophomore. Incredible, incredible 15, 16-year-old kid. He kind of stopped growing up and started growing out a little bit. And boy. he is a big boy. Like kind of all of the concerns that you'd have with Kairos Tonga as an NFL prospect, you have starting in junior of high school and that usually doesn't end up well and he, he is bigger and shorter than kairos tonga is today yes and so i mean you look at his offer sheet and you're like oh my gosh who everybody but then it's kind of talking, it's like okay well then why didn't he sign with anyone how did he end up committing to colorado and then decommitting like on signing day not signing now he's not you know he's kind of it's april he's trying to figure out where he's going uh he didn't have a senior year because of covid um, as where it stands right now there, you know, a lot of it is because of scholarship crunch. And a lot of it is just, you know, his progression of what you'd want to see from someone who was hyped 
as you know from a freshman on is looking a lot more his his high school career was very similar in trajectory to uh, Ty Detmer's nephew and once time BYU commit Zadik Dinkelman. It's a good way to put it. Remember, right? Like really similar to CJ Alatini. And and you you went the player route and and I agree with everything you said. And I that's not my policy. I'll, I'll say that on the player. His recruitment itself and the way that he has handled his recruitment is unlike anything I've ever seen. This is what I feel like I have to be careful with. It is unlike anything I've ever seen. Um, BYU was in his top six a few months ago before signing day. Outside of coaches following him on Twitter, I am unaware uh, that any real contact had been made at that point. But the Cougars were in the top six. And then the top six disappeared. He deleted the tweet for the top six. And I, it just, there's been so many different things. Very strange, very strange recruitment. BYU is apparently back involved. I preferred walk on offer. Um, if they get him, I mean, if you can get him as a walk on, I think you do it, but and it's a very strange recruitment. If we're talking about walk ons at the defensive line position, go watch the, uh, the huddle film of Joshua Singh from Orem high school. That like that kid, if he was two inches taller, he would have everybody in the country after him. He is one of the most refined in like his repertoire of pass rush moves. And like, you know, he's not a lot of high school kids, especially on the defensive line, if they're good, they're just like doing a bull rush every play because they don't have to do anything else. Like this kid, he has his definition of a motor and is a very refined kid. It's like, you know, and I'm I would pretty if I had to guess between the two, I would say Josh Singh has a better college career just because of that drive and that motor and kind of the underdog mentality, which appears that to be lacking a little bit from Vaca. Um, but we'll see what happens with that. I mean, he's still got to get into BYU. I don't know if he's applied, like what the situation is that, or if he's got emission plans or it's kind of up in the air, but it's until I will believe it. He's in, he's in the, I'll believe it when I see it pile in terms of his relationship with BYU football. Um, and the last side of our agenda, you have, apparently purchase some jets gear we have a couple on our the give them help bring them site we have a couple jets shirts you can get your uh z-a-c-h zach 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 shirt um we have a Which couple of jets gold. that was gold that was you pulled that up and you i noticed i found out that you you ordered samples and so i got the email that samples had been ordered on our account and uh and i was like oh jeff must have designed another shirt because i got a sample order email <laughs> and <laughs> i don't know what percent of your closet is given how brigham stuff but it's yeah. a world definitely a world record so i'm all in i'm dedicated to the brand but the you ordered some other jets gear and i really want the jets to trade like i don't i've come to terms with the fact like at first i was like i don't want zach to go to the jets because who wants to root for the jets like that sucks. They're going to be horrible. It's such a bad position. And then it's like, okay, well start hearing like talking to a couple people like connections that we have at the program with people who work in, you know, in the NFL front office and kind of the idea around the kind of the thoughts from employees around the league of what they're considering, um, you know, about the new jet staff and they got, you know, they've got Robert Sully in there. He's come over from the 49ers. They got a new GM. It's like, okay, the offense is going to be fun and it's going to be good in match Zach. And, you know, it's, you know, so that's exciting. 
They've got seven first and second round picks between this year and next year. They can get some young talent in there. It's looking like it's going to be a lot more of Baker Mayfield and the Browns than it is like, I'm trying to think of other QBs who got screwed being in a crappy situation. Like, is it, you know, where it's, there's, there's a ton, right? It's like, it's looking like it's going to be, it may actually be a pretty quick turnaround. Um, like maybe a pretty quick turnaround in there. And it's just, so should they get a couple linemen in there with those early draft picks? It may be a couple, you know, learning curve or, you know, a couple growing pains those first two years. But I think in three years, the Jets will be in the playoffs because they have Ooh. enough, because they have enough talent. The same way I mean, Baker Mayfield got the, the Browns to the playoffs this year and got them a playoff win because they I had, love it because they had enough talent, they had enough picks to load up on where they needed it to. And so they get a couple, you know, a couple pieces in place. Like I think the gap between number 31 and number 32 in the NFL is actually not that big talent wise. Like it's not, it is like, it's injuries. It's like, you know, coaching. They're all all professional football players. Like they're all the best of the best. Right. And it's like, they can, any team with the right, like camaraderie, like even like the locker room, like, look, even there wasn't like you take Tom Brady out of the Patriots. They were freaking mess last year. There wasn't really like the rest of the talent was still there. Like, I don't think it wasn't that Tom Brady is makes like, everything because if you took a tom brady and put them on a sucky team like it's all the intangibles is what makes the difference right and so it's all those intangible things is what is going to make a difference and there's just they have enough picks loaded up and i think it's seven in the first two rounds but it's like 23 or 24 picks over the next two drafts like they're going to be a, able to, and a ton of cap space like they're going to be able yes to... they can make some moves next year and i think that they will be able to surprise some people and I, you know, I think, you know, the Jets with the green, like it's not, you know, it's not a terrible, it's not a terrible place, but. Came down this- for, came down to gear for me. Uh, as I started to explore NFL gear, there's a lot of really crappy NFL gear out there. There really is. But the Jets, it's pretty dope. So I was on board. No. Like. He could have gone to the Broncos. Oh, Everything horrible. Bronco related is awful. The Vikings, barf. The Packers, ugh. the 49ers. Like, hey, look, I was a 49ers fan for a long time. A lot of our listeners are awful gear. But the Jets, Jets got good stuff. I'm on board. I mean, J E T S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And That's let's it. see, the draft is in two weeks. Uh, the it's 20, Thursday, April 29th. Nine, so three weeks. Uh, three weeks it starts at 5 p.m. It's three weeks from today. So I, I, they give teams like 20 minutes for their first round pick, which is a ridiculous because they all know who they're going to draft at that point. Um, but April 20th, so about 5:30 at April 29th, we will it will be confirmed officially official that Zach Wilson will be a Jet, and then we can go all in on the Jets hype. And I'm already be- all in. Everybody needs to be in. Like, call your shot now, folks. Like, buy your gear. My favorite shirt maybe that we sell, it just says, I guess go Jets. I, I love mean, it. I guess go Jets, and that's where I'm at right now. But I'm, I'm ready to get on board with it, and I'm ready for, I'm ready for that, that matchup 
the Super Bowl between the Jets and the Saints in a couple of years. That's I want the Cougar Bowl to happen. <laughs> and maybe if we have a little faith, it can. But it's been a good episode, Jeff. And I'm excited for another week. We're getting out of this COVID mess, which kind of it's going to be weird because that kind of gave birth to this podcast of us being locked up inside. But it's exciting things ahead of us on and off the mic. And let's give them hell. Give them hell.